The Mother Project Podcast is brought to you by Nana Grants. Child care plus education equals economic mobility. Nana Grants pays for child care so that low-income single mothers can stay in school. Learn more at nanagrants.org. I am the first person in my family to graduate from college. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. My yeah. generation, actually, me and my cousins were the first ones to graduate from high school. I will graduate this December, <laughs> and I have already applied to enroll for the um, MBA, Masters of Business Administration. She could have caved. She could have said, I can't, but she didn't because she's got to want to. And not only that, she's got the eyes of those little boys she's got to look at every single day. She's going to do what it takes to learn and progress and be successful. This is Erica Stevens with another episode of the Mother Project podcast. In addition to my work on the Mother Project, I'm also the executive director for Nanograms a nonprofit that pays for childcare for low-income single moms in college and job training programs. I met our next guest, Sandra, at the end of 2019 when she applied for a Nana Grant to help with childcare for her three little boys. Sandra was a 4.0 computer science student at West Georgia Technical College and a single mom. She worked as a computer science tutor and supported her family on an internship at Southwire, a manufacturing company based here in Metro Atlanta. Sandra graduated from the Nana Grants program earlier this year, but before she left us, I wanted to get her in the studio to share her incredible story. Sandra has what her boss at Southwire calls want to. When Sandra wants something, she gets it, and her enthusiasm and drive are contagious. You can't leave a conversation with Sandra without feeling a little of her want to has rubbed off on you. Sandra, it's so good to have you here today. Um, it's always a special pleasure to have one of our Nanograms student moms um, because we're just so proud of everything that you guys do. I know that you have some extra good news today, so maybe we can start off on a high note and you can share your good news. Hey, yes. Uh, yesterday, I officially accepted and signed an offer with Southwire to become a full-time salaried EDI analyst. Congratulations. Thank you. So tell, tell us what an EDI analyst does. Okay. <laughs> so EDI stands for Electronic Data Interchange. Um, so pretty much any documents that flow from the company or to the company electronically I make sure they're accurate. <laughs> so they come in in one form, and then we translate it into another form that our system accepts, and vice versa on the way out. Okay, great. And you've been going to school for this for, what, you're in your third year now, right? My education started a long time ago, actually. Okay. We'll um, start back then, because I'd like to hear how your education started and okay. how you got to where you are today. So I started at the University of West Georgia in 2009 when I graduated high school, and I went for a year. I was pregnant at the time and had my first son, actually like right before spring break, <laughs> and I took off the week of spring break and came right back into classes. <laughs> wow. And then the next year, I didn't get my financial aid because they wanted to include my father's income, even though I was completely self-sufficient. 
so I that's didn't an get issue it. with a, with a lot of students trying to get financial aid. Right. Yeah. So I took that year off, and then I came back for a semester after that. But I got pregnant with my second son, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, two kids, school, work—it's too much. So I stopped going, and I had odd jobs throughout the years, but I was mostly a stay-at-home mom for about seven years. Um, During that, I did go to the Air Force in 2014, but I broke my elbow in basic training. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So while I was healing, they had to keep me in what's called med hold, and you get to take free CLEP, college-level entrance. I don't know what the P stands for. It's tests that you get college credit for. Okay. Okay. so I didn't even study. I was like, they're free. I'm just going to take as many tests as I can and see what I get. So I got quite a few college credits while I was in the Air Force. That's amazing. And then they let me go because of my broken elbow after I healed. And then finally in 2018, um, me and my ex decided that it was time to get divorced. Okay. Uh, it was nothing bad. We just never really should have been together in the first place. Okay. Uh, And I decided, you know, I've got to do something better than working at this daycare. (laughs) I've got to go back to school, and I've got to do right for my kids. Mm -hmm. So you were working at a daycare center I was. um, I had actually gotten the job when I decided to get divorced. I was still a stay-at-home mom when I decided to get divorced. So this is a really... (laughs) Yeah, this is a really good point here. Tell me what about what you were making working in a child care center. Um, I was making $9 an hour. And they, it was a good one. They mm-hmm. did let my children, all three of them, go for free. Okay. So it was actually pretty good compared to some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But it was still, you know, it barely got me by with government assistance at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I went back to West Georgia Tech, and I went for, well, officially I went for computer support specialist. But I was told for a few extra classes I could dual major with computer programming. Okay. So I went for both associates at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I had WIOA, which is the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act. Yes. Yes. So they paid for my college, and then my FAFSA was actually a refund in my pocket most of the time. So that helped me pay the bills while I was going to school. Great. And then they also had a program that reimbursed for certain amounts of childcare. So that helped for a while, but it didn't completely cover everything. Mm-hmm. And about a year into it, I believe, is when I found out about Nana Grants. Mm-hmm. And so that helped with the yeah. rest of it and helped me get through my associate's degree, degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so it took about two years, and I got both associate's degrees in that two years. Okay. And then that was this past spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I went straight into the summer at University of West Georgia again. Mm-hmm. And I'm now working towards my bachelor's in management information systems. I will graduate this December. <laughs> And I have already applied to enroll for the um, MBA, manage Masters of Business Administration. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. So, so you're going to go all the way. All the way. <laughs> so I'll start Are we going to be calling you Dr. Mercer at some point? <laughs> at some point, yes. That's fantastic. I hope to have the Masters done in a year and a half and then go straight into my PhD. So you really also enjoy learning. I mean, this yes. you, you did all of this because you wanted to support your family, but you also seem to really enjoy learning. I've always enjoyed learning. I was a straight-A student all through school and advanced classes and everything. Honestly, I never should have quit going to college in the first place, mm-hmm. but, you know, life happens. Yeah. <laughs> so I have maintained a 4.0 my entire college career since 2018. I did have some bad grades when I was pregnant, but yeah. <laughs> since I've gone back, I have maintained a 4.0. Okay. 
So you have three boys now. Yes. And depending on when people are listening to this, uh, we just closed out 2020. It's the, the start of February 2021. And I have watched with a lot of interest you juggling yes. motherhood, <laughs> being stuck at home with three boys. You were working remotely still for am. Southwire. You still are. <laughs> And they were doing classes at home. And last time we talked, it was sort of the beginning of the pandemic. And I know you had a really amazing, like, schedule down. (laughs) And I'm wondering how that, did you, did you, were you able to keep, I think you guys were doing like yoga and meditation in the morning. And we kind of quit. Yeah. (laughs) The wheels sort of came off the bus for a lot of people, I think, as 2020 wore on. Yeah. Yeah. We were doing good all through the summer. And then I just kind of let it go (laughs) yeah yeah so tell me how it's been um going to school being at home with your boys all of that like how have you been juggling that it's like I tell everybody when they ask things like that and how do you do what you do I I just do what I have to do you know it's something I have to do so I do it yeah there's no option yeah there's no option I just make it happen yeah do you have support from your family not so much uh, mm-hmm. My stepdad is a truck driver, okay. so my mom stays on the road with him, and she books his loads. Uh, my father, we haven't really ever been close, close, but we do talk. He lives in Gwinnett County, which is okay. an hour and a half away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, we have a rough past yeah. <laughs> between us, but okay. she comes around, and she helps when I need her. And my brother moved to Texas back in the middle of the pandemic, <laughs> so okay. that, that's really it. I've got my fiancé, but he works second shift. And he works all weekend, so we have completely opposite schedules. And, you know, he helps when he can, but it's not much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, part of the reason that I asked about what you were earning working in a child care center is that it's it's never lost on me that, you know— Working for an organization like Nana Grants, where we're paying for childcare, right. it's like both ends of the equation don't work out very well for families <laughs> because the moms we work with can't afford the childcare because it's it's I I don't even know off the top of my head what it would be for three boys. I know we've covered your boys in a childcare center, all three of them, but um, hundreds of dollars right. a week for three kids. But even the people who work in the child care centers often don't make enough money right. to afford the child care that they're providing. Especially yeah. if they have more than one child. Most mm-hmm. providers, like the one I worked for was great. It was privately owned, small town daycare center. But the ones that are like organized, they have multiple locations, they might pay $10 an hour, but they're still charging you half price mm-hmm. for child care. For your own children. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're pretty so. much just working to keep your kids there right yeah (laughs) which is why I stayed at home as a stay-at-home mom for so much time because even if I was working somewhere else I felt like I was just working to pay for child care so I might as well just stay at home (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so um this new job that you've gotten how is that going to change your life well without saying how much I make as an intern and with my limited hours we'll just say it more than tripled my income okay that's amazing. <laughs> yes. I will be completely self-sufficient. I will not have any government assistance anymore, which is a first in my 30 years of life because I even had it as a child. Wow. So tell me about your childhood. <laughs> well, I was born and raised in Carrollton slash Carroll County, moved mm-hmm. around a bit. Before I got into like middle school, high school, the longest I had been at one school was three years. 
and that was pre-K, kindergarten, first grade. Mm-hmm. I went to a different elementary school for second, third, fourth, and fifth grade, and then finally stayed in Villarica until I graduated. Mm-hmm. And that was mostly because when my mom said, okay, we're moving, I said, well, you're going to find another house in Villarica. I'm not moving again. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to keep my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so that worked out. She did find another house in Villarica. So it was just you and your mom? No, I had my sister and brother. Um, I have a stepsister and a stepbrother from my dad's side, which my stepsister and I were kind of close growing up. Mm-hmm. But I have a stepsister and a stepbrother from my mom's side, which I had never even met my stepbrother still to this day. Okay. He lived in Texas with his mother, and mm-hmm. my stepsister lived in Wisconsin with her mother. She did live with us when she was young, but some something happened, and she ended up staying with her mom after that. And I had a half-sister. The only one that was older than me was my half-sister. My dad had a daughter six, seven years before I was born. Okay. She had a lot of health problems when Mm -hmm. she was born. They didn't expect her to live very long. She did live until she was 21 years old. Okay. But she stayed in a a home in Tennessee that, you know, took care of her. Okay. Um, So I didn't really know her much either. Yeah. So. So why did you and your mom move around so much? I honestly just think it was because we were poor. <laughs> because you were poor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My mom's side of the family, my grandpa, all my uncles, they were in the cabinet business. Okay. My mom did that too, off and on. Um, I honestly don't remember what my dad used to do. I know he worked in warehouses and shipping and things like that. I don't remember my mom working much, but I know she did. Mm-hmm. Are you the first person in your family to graduate from college? I am the first person in my family to graduate from college. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. My yeah. generation, actually, me and my cousins were the first ones to graduate from high school. Okay. My mother and all four of her brothers dropped out of high school in 10th grade. Mm-hmm. All for different reasons, but yeah, every one of them. <laughs> okay. So how do you think that's going to change your family? I mean, your expectations for your boys are going to be very different, right? I already had high expectations for my boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are all very smart as well. My older two are in advanced programs already. Okay. My youngest one's in pre-K, so that's not an option yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, they are very smart. <laughs> so you expect them to go to college? I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't be disappointed if they decide not to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different paths for everyone. Sure, sure. But, yeah, I expect them to do something good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So why did you choose IT? Because <laughs> it pays good. It does. It does. It's job security. <laughs> I actually security. knew nothing about computers. Like, I could turn it on and work it, but I knew nothing. So you chose the profession because you said, this is a solid career path where I can make a good living. Yep. Good benefits, security, all that good stuff. Yeah. Okay. And you just happen to be good enough at it to make straight A's. and Yeah. yeah that's great. <laughs> I work hard and I get mm-hmm. my grades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... So tell me what you guys like to do as a family. What's your what's your passion? I mean, I know you probably don't have a whole lot of time right now for hobbies and things like that, but we don't have a lot of time because as I'm working from home, I'm doing school from home. The kids are doing school and everything from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also, my youngest is in gymnastics. He's five. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest two are both starting soccer soon. Mm-hmm. My youngest also did basketball. My oldest is in a coding club. <laughs> okay. And he plays the trombone. Mm-hmm. My middle Which child. I'm sure is a pleasure when you're all stuck at home <laughs> in small quarters, right? Right. Learning trombone. I was trombone. about to say as well, my middle child is learning how to play the violin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in bird watching club. So wow. we have a lot going on. <laughs> 
Gosh. And I'm also the events coordinator for the management club at University of West Georgia. <laughs> so, How many hours a night do you sleep? Um, well, like I said, my fiancé works second shift, so I try to stay up until he gets home. Yeah. So from 12-ish until 6 when I have to get up and get the kids ready for okay. the day. <laughs> and then you're just going nonstop. Yeah. 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 But you always have such a good attitude and a smile on your face. And, and yeah, that's, I mean, it's just, it's so impressive. Got to do what I got to do. Yeah. yeah. So um, tell me about your career plans. What are you hoping for? Like with the going on and getting the master's and hopefully getting a PhD somewhere. Do you have any idea where it's going to take you? I really don't. I never did. Mm -hmm. I just said, this is what I'm going to do and it's going to work. Mm -hmm. So that's my philosophy. This is what I'm going to keep doing, and it's just going to work. Mm -hmm. there, there's no other option. What about when people tell you, have you had anybody say you can't? No. No? They're always just in amazement of how, how do you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I just say. I do what I got to do. Yeah. Did you have anybody as a young child who sort of modeled that for you, or do you think you just came into the world knowing that you could do whatever you put your mind to? My grandfather was a hard worker. You know, he did the cabinets and everything. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it was never like anybody that had that drive, you know, to just keep going and keep doing better. I never really saw that. I just decided that's what I was going to do. Okay. Well, you're an inspiration. Well, it's, you. it's been a pleasure to watch you um, accomplishing what you set for yourself and then setting another accomplishment on top of that. You know, a lot of people, they finish that first goal and they're like, okay, I've I've done that, and I'm just going to kind of ride this out, and you're just going to keep going and going. I'm still planning two or three steps ahead. <laughs> That's great. Well, it was a pleasure to have you, and I appreciate you coming in and sharing your story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks. After this conversation with Sandra, I just had to hear from Tiffany, her boss at Southwire, and another incredibly driven woman who also has an abundance of want to. Sandra is so impressive and she gives so much credit for her success and, and where she is today to connecting with you that I wanted to have this conversation with you and talk about how you two met um, because we all have, you know, nobody gets anywhere alone, right, without help and support and encouragement and it sounds like you were a really important part of her journey. So I wanted to talk about how you guys met and sort of what you saw in Sandra. It sounds like you saw a lot of yourself in her and it seems like you two really have a strong connection. Yes, yes. And it was just simply uh, by chance uh, at the time as a part of my my journey of, of managing these high profile teams at Southwire. At the time I was managing two more. So I was asked to oversee the uh, mobile mobile app development team. I came from West Central Tech, and Sandra had the same advisor as I did when I went to West Georgia Tech. So uh, as part of, uh, you know, local you know, uh, business corporations partnering with the local school systems, I reached out to her, and uh, she knows the demands of where we work because her husband used to be um, part of the same job that I did. So she was aware of the demands that it takes. So she cut through the fluff for me. She cut through everything. She just says, here, I got this perfect girl for you. And here she comes, and she's um, first from a person that I trust. Uh, and number two, when she come in, you know, that's when I, you know, realizing what Sandra has come through and overcome, 
that I knew this girl would do anything, anything that I laid yeah. on the path. And that's exactly uh, what she done. She uh, grabbed hold of that opportunity, learned everything she could about that team, working uh, late extra hours. And what I thought was so impressive was she had those three boys uh, and the, the schedule that she kept. So when she was able to successfully do anything that we was asked of her on the mobile apps team, I also was managing uh, the SharePoint, Microsoft Share, uh, Office 365 SharePoint team. Uh, seeing how she was had spare time on her hands, uh, you know, working with uh, one of our senior developers there, I asked her to did she mind joining the SharePoint team because Sandra had a knack for uh, just really taking on any technical type of of uh, aspect of the job and and quickly learning it and uh, being proficient at it really quickly. Uh, whereas when I started, I would learn the language. And then it would seem like it took me a long time to get the language and syntax. Uh, but Sandra comes from such a diverse background, even at her young age, uh, of being able to take a business scenario and put the technical pieces behind it. Um, so there she was, you know, doing mobile, mobile app and going into the SharePoint. And mind you, she was only sent to me because of her technical abilities, right? Because it was a highly technical feel that we were asking her to come in and help support. And, you know, the, the story progresses with her is because I also managed the, an EDI team. An EDI is electronic uh, data um, interchange. And that's where you put data to normal business documents like a purchase order, an invoice, or a packing list. It's the data representation of that type of, uh, of document. Uh, and then being in a corporate uh, environment, that electronic data uh, replaces human effort. So Sandra, just, just knowing, you know, what I had learned over the several uh, months of working with her, I thought she would be a valuable person to just come in out of nowhere, didn't know anything about the process, but be able to be well-rounded enough to provide some value to the meeting. It was a day, a couple, two or three days. Uh, she could still listen in and look and still do her other job. So I just wanted to expose her uh, to something like that. And so she came to the event, sat in, listened, uh, provided uh, input, you know, as it was needed. Um, and then we had the event, and then we went back to um, our normal day-to-day -day activities. She came to me then after I had come to her about the other team. She goes, I want to learn EDI. And I'm like, okay. You know, she says, I attended the event. I think it's very... Uh, interesting to me. Uh, it's challenging to me. And she said, I'd like to take that on. So I talked to, of course, I talked to my managers. Uh, would you mind if she, if, if she tries it out? And there she goes again, uh, getting in, jumping in, getting herself uh, acclimated to the process, the technical aspects behind it, as well as since she's already come to come with a business knowledge, uh, she, what she brings to the table. And all she had to know was the technical pieces, and she had it all put together. And uh, she did that with ease. And uh, now she's coming back to us, challenging us, the old-timers, the ones uh, that have been on the team, you know, uh, 15, 20, and 20-plus uh, years. And, um, and she's going toe-to-toe -to -toe with those guys on the team, and she's challenging them. We, uh, we, mm. we, we welcomed the challenge. We discussed it and decided, you know, as a team what works best. And, uh, but there she is challenging and trying to improve always. So that's what I like about Sandra. And I told, I told you last week I didn't see female 
but I think knowing what you learned earlier to me, I kind of spoke out of turn and may have been, yeah, I see this girl in me. She's going to do really well. I see me in this girl, and she's going to do um, well because she's got the want to. And not only that, she's got the eyes of those little boys she's got to look at every single day. She's going to do what it takes to learn and progress and be successful. What's it like being a woman managing teams in IT? Because I've got to imagine that you're probably in the minority. Yeah, I am. I am the minority. Absolutely, I am. I could be on a call, 15, 20 men, and I'm the only one that's there. And I, I don't get spoken to sometimes but when I'm on a call. Um, but I just, you know, I, I try not to let that bother me. Uh, you know, it doesn't do me good to think like that. So I just choose not to think that way and uh, just just try to be the same person that I am any other any other time. Well, it seems like for, San- for Sandra, then that, I mean, you've sort of flipped the script because you are bringing her on board, you know, mm-hmm. that's, and that's how it's going to change, right? is by having yep. more women in leadership positions like yourself who say, I see this woman and, you know, I've got to imagine that some people might look at Sandra and say, you know, single mom, three little boys, gosh, is her head going to really be in this job, you know, mm-hmm. and you saw in her the drive. And I'm wondering how much of that comes from being a woman yourself and, you know, seeing that for so many moms, like with nanograms, the children are the reason they work so hard, whereas someone might look at it and say the children are the reason maybe you can't put your all into a job. But I see the opposite. I see women who are so driven because they have children. They're working so hard. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, I look at the face of my children every day, and I'm thinking there's no way. I would ever want them to grow up like I did. And uh, so that is, you know, my reason that I, that I get up every morning. And, I, you know, I, from what I can tell from Sandra, that is the same. You know, she's running 100 miles an hour in the evening trying to get her boys to basketball practice just like I am. But she's giving me 110% during the day. And if I need her at night, she's, she's right there with me, you know. Okay. She's been on the team now. I, I, you know, uh, she's hung in there with me. She, she was trying for several jobs, which I believe in my heart she didn't want to apply for. But knowing what the responsibilities that she had at home, she had to do something. And I think that's probably what, what forced her. She knew she had a path. She had to weigh it out. She had to be patient. So she looked for other, other ways, uh, just like she did with me, come to you and say, hey, uh, I want to do this. I, I've got to do it, but um, I want to learn it, and I need to make it work. And, and I think that's why she reached out to you guys, and she she was patient enough, found a way to make it work, uh, and her uh, patience and hard work has now paid off because we were able to offer her a full-time position where many, many months went by, and I just only thing I could tell her was just, please hang in there with me. I'm doing everything I can to get you as a full-time position because – uh, not, and not only from my team, but positions with, with Southwire because she was the type of individual where I would not have wanted to lose to another company. Not, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't want her just for myself. As, you know, Southwire would have been remiss to have let such, um, you know, a determined, dedicated, smart young lady uh, go be, uh, when we had her at our fingertips. 
Well, Tiffany, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Um, I just think so much of Sandra, and she was excited for me to speak with you because it sounds like you've just been such an important part of her life. So I appreciate you taking the time for me today. Well, that's sweet. I I hope that I can provide uh, something of value for the women that you work with, and I'm so glad that you're out there helping them helping them uh, succeed and uh, filling in the gaps when they can't um, they can't for themselves so they get back on their feet so thank you for what you do and recognizing women for you know being more than just someone that should be you know in the in the in the home when they really want to just success be successful in anything yeah. they put their mind anything yeah 